0: Well, we're excited to bring you this next segment on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk with Father, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us. So if you have a question for father, give us a call, 877-795-0122. Or you can send in your questions on Facebook. We love to hear from you. So if you can give us a call in or go on Facebook, we want to hear your questions or things that you're struggling with or something that you just want to talk to father about maybe his favorite book or something to that effect but uh, father is here to uh, to uh, to answer any of your questions and uh, to hopefully help out
1: yes and these questions can be through the call-in number 877-795-0122 or through the the real presence facebook page where you can submit a question uh, that you would like to have be brought up here. So. I, did,
0: I did, Father, was reading, you know, you, you said uh, to, for the intercession of uh, St. Benedict of uh, uh, ter- t- Teresa, right, of yeah, Saint, uh, Benedict of the Cross. Yes, yeah, St. Teresa I, And I, I never really un- knew that it was Ida Stein. I guess I didn't pull mm-hmm. the two together. That's right. Uh, I probably had heard it. I just, I was reading about it this morning, and what a beautiful conversion story. I mean, she read Saint St. Teresa of Avila. She was a I don't know if it, agnostic or if she was an atheist, but she really was into philosophy. And at age fourteen, she just was really against God. And but then she read that and and really had a strong, strong conversion. I mean, her story is beautiful. I just I never had a chance to read it before.
1: Yeah, she she had amazing conversion to our Lord, and uh, she certainly came from. Uh, a a Jewish family that had faith in the the Old Covenant, uh, but uh, as her own interior progression developed. she come to hear the voice of Christ calling mm-hmm. her to baptism. She was baptized on uh, January 1, 1922, and St. Teresa of Avila had a profound influence on her openness to grace, her openness to the interior life and our Lord leading her. Uh, she had uh, quite an intellect, really. She studied the phenomenology under Husserl and his writings, so she had this understanding of looking at reality. And what was happening, and taking information in from what could be observed uh, in the phenomenon of activities in the world, uh, but also that then this led her to uh, engage her own will in prayer and loving God to have that be practical in her right. interior life, yeah. which is really the one of uh, the aspect of Carmelite uh, spirituality that charism is to have the interior, the desire for interior contemplation of God. Uh, that many uh, Carmelites have this sense of writing about. Uh, the presence of God, such as Brother Lawrence, or uh, Teresa of Avila, the interior castle, Mm -hmm. where we discover relationship with Christ and the different levels of union or closeness to Him or intimacy. uh, Fundamentally, uh, Teresa Benedict of the Cross, like Teresa of Avila and and uh, others in the Church, uh, and in Carmelites in a particular way, know this all as a gift. It is that this intimacy with your Lord is what our Lord desires, and the more the heart is open to Him, and really trusting Him, mm-hmm. uh, that vehicle of trust. Uh, they,
0: they put themselves in that, when you say charism, is that, I mean, what does that exactly mean to, to like, pull yourself, oh, th- Good
1: Good question, Michael. The charism, uh, when I speak of this in religious order sense, is that each order is given away to express friendship with mm-hmm. our Lord and a pathway to be close to Him. Uh, so the Carmelite Charism is that this interior union, contemplation. Uh, of the Holy Trinity, to love our Lord. Mm. Uh, say the, the Dominican charism is likened more to the pursuit of truth, right. and then the proclamation of the truth through preaching. And, uh, and
0: that's what they're called as the preachers, right?
1: Yeah, Yes, the order of preachers, yep. but it's the St. Dominic had this uh, great grace and charism grow within him, where he immersed himself in scripture every single day he carried around. We just mm-hmm. read the other day on his feast day that he carried the Gospel of Matthew everywhere, studied it all the time, urged the, the first friars that joined him in the order to study scripture. Uh, to absorb the truth of the word of Jesus mm-hmm. and be ready to proclaim it uh, and to uh, share that with others. And, and each religious order has its own uh, gift of sharing back uh, the perfection of God right. with the church and with the world. Yeah. So. Well,
0: that's that's awesome. Thanks, Father. Well, we're we're waiting for any calls. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Take your time and and uh, get on the phone and give us a call. Father's waiting to answer your questions. And I know there's people out there, so we really want to hear from you. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or go on Facebook and and give us a shout out there. Uh, when you, uh, another like um, does does each like carmelites and you know do they have to have that kind of set up or does that come later you know when they when they begin an order like that uh, you
1: mean the charism yeah, yeah or, the- or,
0: or, or how they're how they uh, their order is going to be. I mean, does it, or, or does that just kind of come to the person that's, or does it, you know, does it eventually evolve into something different? Or? Well,
1: the, the the grace that's at the heart of the founding of the order is given by the Holy Spirit right. and inspired by our Lord to how it begins to be expressed. And normally, that grace is expressed in the very the very heart and the life of the founder. And then there becomes a draw to how that is being expressed in union with any other persons that are drawn by our Lord drawn to join to. that. We think of one of the more recent ones, Say Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. Uh, the beautiful charism of uh, contemplation and then activity Mm -hmm. and at the heart of that charism was serving Jesus and the poorest of the poor and to do so joyfully, deliberately and joyfully we'll hear with our youngsters who are coming up here in a little bit who will be joining us mm-hmm. uh, talking about our mission trip to work with missionaries of charity sisters uh, but the beautiful con- charism of the missionaries of charity is to do just that to contemplate jesus and the poorest of the poor to be joyful for that gift to being able to do that and to want to alleviate uh the thirst of love uh, in the heart of Jesus for the, for our love, right? And so uh, she was
0: big on that with the oh, thirst. Oh, she oh, that, she oh, contemplated what, on that. Uh, the uh, words of Christ, I thirst. Oh,
1: she, yes, she did. But but it is what she lived. Yes, so absolutely. It's, it and is,
0: and finding the human dignity in every person
1: mm-hmm, because Christ is there
0: exactly yes, in in them in that moment and around that. And if we can only if we can only help one person, that she's always was very adamant about that. Then then help that one person. That's yes. what you're called for. You don't need to change the world by going out and, you know, the, the, some of us are definitely called to that, you know, that we have a, a greater voice. She evolved into that, but her starting of that was just to uh, help that person that's right in front of you.
1: Absolutely. And I, we think of Teresa of the charism that was inspired in her, Was she was a member of the... Kelst Carmelite Order, so that mm-hmm. means uh, with shoes. And then, so then, the uh, inspiration for her was intimacy with our Lord in a growing way to be willing to be more detached from various aspects of the world and in the interior gifts of the Holy Spirit given, where our Lord began to direct her, at first, a kind of uh, reform within the order of the Carmelites, Mm -hmm. and then it began to be a sense separated as there became key differences on how that was realized. So, even to this day, there is the Discalced Carmelites, and then there is the Calced Carmelites, Mm -hmm. uh, the ancient observance, as it's called. Uh, But in the trees of Avila's heart, it became where our Lord was calling her to live in a a deeper intimacy uh, and to do different forms of penance and sacrifice Mm -hmm. for the sake of the church. Uh, I, I myself am a Discalced Carmelite. I'm a third order along with being, I'm a secular, along wow. with being a diocesan priest. Sure. So I, that means the seculars live in the world and uh, that they, uh, they study the writings of St. Teresa, they uh, John of the Cross and uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux mm-hmm. and uh, others, St. Saint, Saint Miriam, uh, the Little Arab and uh, so many like St. Edith Stein or St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, today's saint. So it is it is a day of festival for the Carmelites uh, because of St. Teresa Benedicta, but it's also a day of of uh, renewal in that interior commitment to contemplate our Lord, yeah. uh, really, really just loving him in the way that he calls to be in union.
0: And one of, one of their, probably the latest... Uh, addition to their Carmelites, being being of the, just the last century. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One
1: of the most recent.
0: Yes, well, give us a call, 877-795-0122. Uh, we are blessed to be with uh, a very knowledgeable man, Father Randall Kazel, and he's waiting for your questions. And you can certainly shout out to us at Facebook. Uh, go to the Real Presence Radio uh, app, or you can go on to... Uh, Real Presence Radio, our Your Catholic radio station, and you can see the link there also. So, Father, is there anything that you have in your heart today?
1: Yeah, I think with St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, one of the things we all face are aspects of suffering that... Our Lord permits in our life, and there is a mystery as to the aspects of suffering that take place. So, what, what, or how are we suffering? Are we suffering well? And the main way to suffer well, uh, because it's a part of all human life, uh, is to have the sense of suffering for the sake of the love of Jesus, uh, to orient whatever we experience to Him. Uh, oftentimes our Lord does not give us the exact meaning of what we experience, especially in suffering, at the moment, and so we we have to be deliberate about choosing to find that meaning in Jesus, knowing that He is our Lord, our King, uh, and that when we do unite our suffering, it takes on the meaning of Christ as one of the beautiful fruits of our Lord's passion and suffering on the cross as He changed the meaning of suffering. And when we unite it with Him, it becomes redemptive and filled with the power of the victory of His cross, cross and His own uh, victory over sin and death and, and human weakness, that we find strength in Him who suffered out of love for us, so that our sufferings bore for the love of Him uh, can become profoundly fruitful. And that's where St. Paul wrote about that. He said, right. we must make up for what is missing in the sufferings of Christ. It Absolutely. is our own contribution and decision to be united with the will of Jesus.
0: Well, we have a Facebook, uh, uh, Janine, uh, Jeannie, I'm sorry, on Facebook, and she said, I can't call in right now, so she uh, gave us a, on Facebook. Your question is, if an individual confesses abuse or neglect of any kind to a child or vulnerable adult in confession, can a priest give a penance to turn themselves in to authorities?
1: Well, that's a great question, Jeannie, and that's an important question in our time that that uh, there is a need for clarity. Uh, so there, there is, um, regarding having it be a penance, that. That is a different question, but as far as a priest giving counsel uh, regarding that being an act of justice, uh, that the priest can urge the person to go out of justice, because when there's a, a sin, such as abuse or, or neglect of some kind that is grave, uh, that there is a, a justice regarding the child. The child has a right to safety. The child has a right to grow and live in a, a healthy way uh, with a mother and a father, and so. When there is abuse and neglect, certainly the counsel would be that, that it has to stop uh, unconditionally and that there has to be a change of mind and heart unconditionally, and then if there has been a crime, and that that becomes the, the, the second aspect so the one is the sin, the person must be convicted that it is wrong and that it is then being confessed and and that uh, that it it must stop because it offends God and also offends the child and offends others. Uh, but then, regarding the crime the, the, in the the civil aspect, yes, then there there needs to be an, an aspect of counsel. Uh, this is what, out of justice, you ought to do and how you ought to handle this. Yeah. So, um, but as far as it being a penance, that's a different question. That's a little bit more of a gray area. Uh, and uh, that there's an aspect where perhaps it could be uh, but it's circumstantial in that but certainly the council that this needs to be done uh, and it needs to be stopped in different aspects uh, yes
0: could I add just a little bit on that sure. I, I just saw that today that there was another uh, court uh, they're trying to challenge the sanctity of of the confessional over this you know sexual scandal and the, the abuse so there's there's been Trials coming, you know, against the church and, and the sanctity of the confession is, is uh, what our faith is based upon. Correct. That's true. So yes. I mean, it is very, what it is a grave matter and very very uh, uh, evil that's happening in that. But there's there's something about not breaking the confessional uh, sanctity that that has to stand in the church. Whether uh, can you kind of talk onto that yeah, father the, the, is the
1: priest is obliged not to break the seal of confession right. so the the priest cannot uh say uh what was confessed and connect anything that was confessed to the person who confessed it so mm-hmm. that is a a priest uh, who may break that uh would commit a grave sin himself mm-hmm. and it incurs the penalty of excommunication uh so that's part of the aspect of the priest needs to consider regarding what is confessed, but the counsel and the encouragement and urging out of justice before God, what must be done to discontinue both the sin, and if there is any crime that is taking place, that there be an atonement for the injustices. So that, that needs to be clear, that that uh, can be an aspect that can come out of confession, right. um, but as far as the the seal, uh, that that is one where it cannot be violated. Right, and
0: and we're we're seeing seeing that pushback against the church on that, and it, and it's not a good thing. Whether you you know this is a bad thing that's happening, but you know, that we need that seal of confession to, to be there.
1: Right. That's that's an important aspect of uh, the human psychology and the need for being in relationship with God for God, our Lord's healing and, mm-hmm. and that people may come forward to confess their sins and receive the grace. The sacrament of confession is so powerful to heal, to give graces for conversion, and also the strength of mind and will to no longer commit whatever sins may be confessed. It also gives healing to the memory, the imagination, and the powers of the soul. Uh, to be pleasing to God, and God gives more graces than and so. God, of course, gives the grace of forgiveness, but even more graces, so the soul can really go forward with the firmness of amendment to no longer commit the sins. Uh, so, uh, confession is is a beautiful sacrament. We we go to confession at least once a month, is what yeah. I continually recommend to read. Uh, it to says continue. once a year,
0: but I mean you need it. We all need it, but more than that, for yeah, sure. We, we do
1: need it more than <laughs> once a year. Yeah, and I I'll, I'm I'm readily to admit that I not only do I give the advice, I practice the advice. And I, I I don't like to uh, ask of people things that I don't want to do myself. So right. I, I regularly go. But I, I find it to be uh, um, healthy spiritually Absolutely. to stay close to our Lord. Because our, our Lord wants us to be completely united with him. Mm-hmm. What separates us from our Lord? It's a willingness to sin and a choice to sin. And that uh, causes damage in our relationship with him. So right. when one regularly seeks his forgiveness and seeks it, even sacramentally, which is the most intimate way with Jesus and humbles oneself with that, well, it becomes then the most fruitful uh, way to grow in intimacy with Jesus in everyday life.
0: Absolutely. Well, we need your questions to come in, so 877-795-0122, or you can shout out, like uh, Janine did on, uh, Jeannie, on Facebook, and uh, we can get your question into to to Father Kazel here. Uh, We have some people that are following us in in studio who are here today, and they have a question for us. Could you please explain what transubstantiation is?
1: Oh, that's a great question, a great theological question. And uh, we have the word, we just look at it here briefly, trans. uh, It means change substantiation a change in substance so the the substance when we begin the holy mass is that we have bread and we have wine and the substance is uh, what makes up bread and wine But at the words of consecration, uh, the substance uh, of the matter is changed. It is a miracle at every single Mass, then, when the priest says the words of consecration, and that the bread is changed by the power of God, by the power of our Lord, his divinity, into his own body, blood, soul, and divinity. Uh, So the bread is no longer bread, even though it appears to be bread. The wine is no longer wine, even though it appears to be wine. But the miracle is that the substance of bread and the substance of of wine has changed into the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. and uh, We're going to have on the Eucharistic miracle uh, discussion later, we'll maybe get into a little bit of that, when our Lord has affirmed the faith through miracles of how our Lord uh, willed to reveal that what we believe is the truth. And what he said, especially in John chapter 6, is the truth. Uh, my, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in me. Uh, furthermore, this change is one that in the Eucharist is what we worship Jesus. When we come to Mass, when we come before our Lord in the Tabernacle, or we go to Eucharist adoration. we are worshiping God. We have access to God in and through Jesus Christ, for Jesus is God, and our Lord makes us know elsewhere that no one comes to the Father but through me. We have access to God the Father in the life of prayer. So prayer before our Lord in the Eucharist, it, 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 it ought to seem for every Catholic to be our home, our a very natural thing, where we can come and listen to jesus talk with jesus share our life with jesus uh and uh, our our second home our true home is is finally with god in heaven and but our second home here in a sense in this world is is with our lord in the blessed sacrament and whatever opportunities we have to be with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, They're good to take it up. They're good to be with Jesus. Sometimes little things I have, sometimes people are traveling by the Catholic Church. Uh, It is a beautiful thing to look over to our Lord or make the sign of the cross to to acknowledge His divine presence there, that He is really there as our Lord and King to make a brief prayer, uh, to ask Him to continue to bless you. But that that little acknowledgement, our Lord delights in it. He sees and hears it. He he recognizes and knows uh, those who are recognizing His divinity. Uh, After all, He's God. Uh, Sometimes we forget, really, He's God, and that's one of the things that's weak in our faith uh, across being Catholic in our time now that uh, do people really believe that God is the Word made flesh. He lives and dwells in our tabernacles uh, at every single moment waiting for us. He's there for us. Uh, he, he is there to waiting for our prayers, waiting for us to be friends with Him, so He is always there.
0: Yes, that's beautiful, Father, and I hope we get into a little bit more of that with the Eucharistic Miracle, uh, with our session on that today. This is a, a new segment. That we're doing, and uh, so it's going to be a good good subject. I think that we're going to continue to do this because this is what we are—real presence radio. Right. We're talking about the real presence, so we we have come up with this segment. So I'm looking forward to that in the in the next uh, in the next uh, few uh, minutes. And again, we need your calls in eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and if you could. Uh, Give us a shout out on Facebook. That would be great too. We have a, a few people in the studio this morning, and we're blessed to be here. And they have another question for us. If you'd like to go ahead, their father.
1: Yeah, very good. So we we have a uh, parishioner here is listening in the 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 center here where we were in my office center, and one we celebrate Mass here at Saint Michael Ad Orientum. and we also have that at times at Saint Paul in Zambroda uh, Ad Orientum, Ad is to Orientum East, so toward the East, and there is an ancient custom or tradition on celebrating Mass in this way, is because at the the Holy Mass, uh, we're made present to heaven. And the Holy Mass is both the, we're being present at Calvary and the victory of our Lord at Calvary. It is also a meal. So we take into account our Lord's Last Supper and the food that he gave to the apostles, his own self. The institution of the Eucharist and then the fulfillment of that on the cross uh, when our Lord said it is finished and the work the power and strength that would merit the grace of our salvation was culminated and finished with our Lord's passing his death on the cross but also then it meant our life that we were uh, buried with him uh, in his death that we may rise with him in his resurrection. So uh, also within the mass is the aspect of his resurrection. For every Sunday is a basically a little Easter. So it is the, the ancient thought that our Lord, when he rises and when he comes again, the end of time, he'll be coming from the east, uh, just as the sun is a symbol of that. Our earthly, the sun that we see each morning, it rises in the east. So the Son of God, Jesus Christ, will come from the east. And so, the liturgically, it is a continual reminder to us that we live for heaven. And when we all worship God in the same direction, we face God beginning with the priest acting in persona Christi, and the people all facing the same direction, we have this mystical sense of facing toward the coming Lord. And we're mindful of when we, when we face the Lord together, we're also facing God the Father together believing what our Lord said, no one comes to the Father but through me. Mm -hmm. So we're oriented in the same direction toward prayer, anticipating the coming of Jesus in each mass on the altar, but also in the crucifix in front of us, the victory of his cross, and then also with our Lord, uh, God the Father. They're giving the grace, through His Son, and the Father and the Son together, the life of the Holy Spirit and the merits of His precious blood upon us and for us and giving us victory, uniting us as adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. So our physical orientation complements and enhances our sensory experience of what mystically is truly happening at the Mass. Truly, at the Mass, we are before the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Truly, at the Mass, we are anticipating the coming of Christ at the end of time. And truly, at the Mass, we are having an understanding and knowing Jesus being made present on the altar. Mm-hmm. And so that this is an aspect of ad orientum that uh, I don't have to use a lot of words to explain. Children will see that we're oriented toward this. They have a way of just saying, "You know, that makes sense." That we're sure. talking to God uh, all in one way, and we're physically postured. Right. just like you know if. You and I are having this conversation now, we're looking at each other in mm-hmm. the eyes, you know, like, so if we're going to talk to God, we can look oriented toward God, Correct. and and, uh, and it's, you know, God is not readily uh, experienced in our physical senses, but spiritually mislead with the inner eye of faith, mm-hmm. the inner eye of the soul, then it becomes yes. And do we, would- we set ourselves
0: too for the resurrection, uh, which we, we profess, right, uh, for for our body and our soul to be united again, right? So, I mean, I'm just saying to the within the grave, wasn't it used to be that you should be Facing the east, well, also sure.
1: yes, there is, and when we when we go to the cemeteries for the committal of the 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 mortal remains of the deceased, yes, there is an orientation of where the feet are in one end, and the face that there is the orientation toward the east, the mm-hmm. coming of Christ from the east, and then the, they would be the resurrection, and they would be rise to face Christ. Right. That's right. At the cemeteries, there mm-hmm. is that practice. But That's now,
0: correct. of course, we have uh, cremation. So how how I don't mean to put you on the spot there no, with it's okay. that, but well, you know.
1: It, that, that's, that's okay by the church now, so. Cremation is permitted, and, you know, as our burial at sea, for example, another Mm -hmm. one, and, uh, but the, but there, of course, we, we we must not forget that God is God. That, right. that He can make bodies rise from the materials of the earth, just as He made Adam from the the Correct. dust of the earth. And we are and dust
0: to dust, right?
1: That is right. We have that at every every Lent. Uh, however, that whatever affirms our faith in the resurrection mm-hmm. uh, it has tended to be the, become the common practice because right. it it's. We we need it affirmed continually and in several different ways that Jesus rose from the dead. And that for those who love him and follow him and give their lives to him, that they will have the resurrection to life, a glorified body, Mm -hmm. to affirm with us continually each day the motive for what we do to love Christ, and that our work then is rewarded uh, with the grace and blessing of eternal life and the resurrection of the body. And Sometimes we we allow ourselves to separate the reward that our Lord has promised, Mm -hmm. His payment of love at the end of time and and at the end of our life in this world by having the chance for eternal life with our Lord, from what we do each day. We live for Jesus. and Again, back to Mother Teresa, she had that idea yep, that exactly. you know I pick up the poor because I know what our Lord has promised, right. and that our Lord will, is the one who's going to bless and give the blessing. So, yeah. uh, and
0: not to be afraid. Yes. I mean, uh, how many times is that is that said in the in, in the Gospels? Uh, let alone the whole different different aspects of saying that through the the Old Testament. But do not be afraid. I mean, Saint Francis went up to to kiss the leper uh you know he that's true faith in christ when you know and the same thing with mother teresa you know the, the diseases and things she wasn't afraid of that yeah you know that's true yep. that's true faith in christ that's,
1: that's right. We another saint that comes to mind, Saint Damien of Molokai. I've been blessed to visit Molokai in Hawaii. Right and, with the lepers. Yes, yes, and he he had the sense again. Th- the, these people need Jesus, and I can find Jesus in the people. And when he went with that love and that conviction, he slowly began to melt hearts because Christ wanted to uh, rule in their hearts, and Christ wanted to suffer within them, love them bring them to life. And that's mm-hmm. the same ideal that Mother Teresa had yep. uh, to, to carry Christ and then to uh, open hearts and to through charity uh, to the love of Christ.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a great conversation, Father. I, I, if you want to join in with it, we still have time here. So give Father a call, 877 795 I'm Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Kazel uh, here at St. Michael's Church in Pine Island. And we are in, in our Straight Talk sec- uh, segment. And Father is just w- waiting and w- and willing, and I know he has the, the knowledge and and the, gr- the grace to answer your questions. So please give us a call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or shout out to us on Facebook. Um, Father, it's just uh, with with the immigration things that are happening, tying that back into taking care of those that are right in front of us. Uh, there's a you know the big crisis that you know on the border. And, but there's there's a there's a tie between being you know in our day and age that the church tells us that we need to be uh, follow the laws of the land, right? But then also to, we have the great call of being compassionate and caring for the poor. Um, so coming together, you know, this is a great thing that needs to to happen. But we need to first take care of the people that are down there, and so. Uh, you know we, we should be reaching out and helping and taking care of what's going on down there but then working through that on the on the side of uh, you know the church has that kind of dual perception of, of what's going on in that immigration crisis
1: yeah and our, our thinking oftentimes uh, and our Catholic thinking is marked by both and uh, we we both care for the stranger mm-hmm. and we care for the common good and so we for those who are seeking to have assistance or seeking uh, legitimately to, for an improvement in their life. Mm-hmm. We, we will to care for them. Uh, but we also recognize that there is a need for order. There's a need for a system of some kind uh, to protect the common good of all and a common good who mm-hmm. uh, live and operate for the sake of uh, the ability to live and exercise the freedoms that are part of uh, a life or of civilization. So it's both and, and right. but the, the charity of Christ uh, and our Lord operates this way. It's right. it's it's both and with Him. See, He both loves us and He expects us to love Him back. Right. It's, it's not just our Lord's love coming at us and we get to do whatever we want. And God doesn't operate that either way either. It's just He doesn't just say, now you have to love me, and by the way, I may or may not love you. So, yeah. You know, that so, doesn't happen that <laughs> way. Either. No. So it's, in our Catholic thing. I think it's helpful for us to understand it's both and. Yep. Uh, when we get into either or on some things, uh, we can uh, get off and, and mm-hmm. uh, lose our way on what really is what our Lord is asking in the, yeah. in the better way. So when we think of this, and in, in immigration in particular it's going to be both and and, and we need to work through uh, having healthy and loving resolutions for people in need uh, and also discern uh, where are people people legitimately in need and where are there people uh, striving for other ends or other, right. other things in mind that are not legitimate right. and, and uh, even could perhaps be harmful uh, but that discernment, Comes with following the principles uh, of both the end. What is what is the need right. and and who and what is happening, and uh, what is the process that can be uh, effective in making that happen? Right. So
0: you talk about the civility too. You know we need to follow that law and order, right? Uh, just quickly, I know we just have a few more minutes in the segment here, but that tying to the mass shootings and and being the rhetoric that that got tied to that, and and with all the people, you know, uh, having the anger and all that you know with with and then to have these tragedies come out of that you know is there
1: well i think i think there 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 is much rhetoric there's much uh uh in the in what's going on on a national level that uh there's there's room for more looking toward god but i think fundamentally with the violence the the issue that most disturbs me is the godlessness Mm -hmm. of it all that that god is devoid from our schools Uh, that that God is not a part of the life of of raising children. It's beginning to become more Mm -hmm. prevalent where children have no religion or no aspect of being oriented toward God. There's not prayer in the home. And when the less God is a part of everyday life, in our youth, uh, it, it, these sorts of things can begin yeah. to happen, because what the, these, the young people then begin into other things where they right. f- try to find meaning. And, and, and goes back go down, to what Father uh, Cousins, uh, was,
0: our Bishop uh, Cousins uh, yeah, was talking yeah. about with
1: masculinity. Absolutely.
0: So, Absolutely. Well, well, we'll be back shortly with our next segment, and this is Michael Goldsmith with Father Randall Cazell, and we'll be coming into the uh, new part of the show here in just a minute.